With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannekarum, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect, which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer, they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Summer opening, summer spending. We're going to unpack all of that. The ad wars for 2020 are really cranking up now, and Trump is on a tirade about it. And finally, Taco Tuesday at home. We'll deal with all that right now on I'm Right. Well, raise your hand if you had Florida leading the charge when it comes to the freedom movement here in the United States of America. Now, normally, we know what we're getting in Florida. You're going to get pythons crawling along the road. Somebody methed out in Waffle House is going to hurt someone late at night. But you're also going to get beautiful beaches. You're going to have beautiful women. You're going to have good tax laws. You're going to have a bunch of old people that moved there from New York. Florida gives us lots of things. 
But if you had told me two months ago that we would be banking on Florida to lead the charge on reopening this nation, I would have told you you were absolutely nuts. However, that's it, it looks like that's where we're at. I would have thought it would have been my great state of Texas. Eh, kind of. We've been okay. I mean, look, here's what I don't like. And again, I like our government here in Texas. For the most part, I love the governor here in Texas. I think he's done a fine job, Greg Abbott. But we haven't been leading the charge for freedom. We've been doing that thing that I hate. And you can say, ah, oh, Jesse, this always gets you into trouble. And yes, that's true. But I believe in diving in. When you see something to do, you dive in. I thought about running for U.S. Congress. I didn't test the waters. I just dove in, got slaughtered twice. Thought about going to work in D.C. I didn't feel things out. I just moved to D.C. and it sucked. Sometimes things work out. Sometimes things do not. But I can't stand this feeling I get from so many in leadership in the GOP. I'm not talking about the leftists. In the GOP who feel like we can, okay, I mean, the economy is really bad. But I'll tell you what we're going to do, guys. Everybody ready? We're going to open like 10 businesses today. Just 10. And then we'll hang out for a week. We'll see if anyone gets sick. If anyone does, whoa, we're going to close everything back up and head back home. Can't be, I have anybody getting sick out here. But if, if nobody gets sick during, those, during that week, then we'll open up 11, maybe even 12. Because freedom, baby. Wait, what? That's not freedom. That's just more of what you've been doing. That's more of you deciding this person's essential and that person's not essential. Um, one, I think every job is essential. Two, this is America. You don't get to decide as a politician, not a mayor, not a governor, not a president, not a senator, not a congressman, not a sheriff. You do not get to decide here in the United States of America that you are essential and you're not. You don't have the authority. I do not acknowledge your authority to do that. And the fact I've seen that take place all across this nation has shocked me. Beyond the mind-numbing debt that we've, paid, that we've added on, that is what has shocked me the most. How accepting the American people have been with politicians deciding who is and isn't allowed to go to work. Uh, you're an American. You are not Chinese. This is America. You're allowed to go to work. Governor DeSantis of Florida had this to say. Well, I think tomorrow is going to be a, a small step. I think it's going to be a measured step. But I think it's going to be an important step uh, for people of Florida to know that, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to follow a safe, smart, step-by-step -step approach to Florida's recovery. We're going to follow data and facts. Uh, but we are intent on moving forward to be able to get the society on its feet again. You know what? The guy's been on point with the messaging. He's been on point with the messaging because he's been the only governor that I've seen nationwide, maybe uh, that Christy Nome, that governor of DeSantis of Florida has been on point nationwide and saying, hey, wait a minute, how do we even know lockdowns work? What are, why are we locking everybody? There are plenty of doctors and experts who say lockdowns are the biggest mistake and we're actually adding to the problem. We're compounding the problem. So good for Florida. Good for, Chris, good for Christy Nome, South Dakota. Let us all move forward here. I think it was South Dakota. I should probably do research before the show starts. Pretty sure it's South Dakota. Mitchell, find out if it's South Dakota. Anyway, 
Then we have, well, I'd love to just put this on Democrats. Now, this is, this is, de- this is going to be a Democrat. This is Tim Ryan de- saying something really, really stupid. But let's be honest. This has been bipartisan. But once we do start unraveling the stay-at-home orders, we need to make sure everybody has met their economic obligations up to this point and that they have some money in their pocket so that we can actually have people going out to get the economy up and running. And people say, well, that's going to cost a lot of money. And I say, you're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of money? Two, $2,000 monthly checks to Americans? A lot of money? You... You understand, just so we're clear, that we used to yell and scream. We used to have tea parties, if you remember, right? I was there. I was giving speeches. We used to have tea parties during Obama's presidency because he was running up $1 trillion deficits. Ours is going to be four this year. Not in the future. Not something bad happened. $4 trillion. We have ground a $20 trillion economy to a halt, stopping the tax revenue going into the federal government, not stopping it, obviously, but severely slowing it down, while at the same time spending like drunken sailors on shore leave. That is how you collapse an entire nation, an entire nation. I'm not talking about a little hardship here. I'm not talking about, well, we got to make some cuts, a little inflation, maybe a little deflation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ending the United States of America. That's what that kind of debt can do. And we somehow just think this can go on forever. At no point in the history of the world has there been a nation that can just print off currency unbacked, totally devalue it, and just keep on churning along. Oh, this is so fun. This is funsies. Well, somebody's sick. Send out another round of $2,000 checks. And again, let me, let me reinforce this point. I'm as partisan a hack as there is. I'm not a journalist. I never claimed to be a journalist. In fact, that's maybe the worst thing you could ever call me. I am a right-wing hack who attacks leftists for a living. That's what I do. But this has been Republicans, too. From the very, very top, this has been Republicans. From the very top, from the very beginning. Spend, 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 baby. Shut everything down and spend away. You can't put this on Democrats. You can't. And I love putting it on Democrats. Is this who we all are now? Insane? Have we as a nation come together and just decided, ah, screw it. Just spend our way through it. We'll be fine. What? No, we don't need small businesses. Amazon will run everything. It's, all we need is Amazon and Google. Is that what we are? I mean, if it's not, someone explain it to me because what we are or not it's what we're doing. We are doing that right here in the United States of America. Speaking of what we are, speaking of who we are, do you know what freedom means? Uh, d- d- hold up. Before you answer, before you nod, y- you understand. I just want to be clear. Freedom doesn't mean eating an extra hot dog and some potato chips on July 4th. Doesn't mean baseball. Actually, It's a nice symbol, and I love it, but it doesn't even mean the flag. Freedom in America means freedom from government control. It means here's a list of things the government is allowed to do, and they're not allowed to do anything else. 
period. Freedom from government control. And, well, here's a video of a guy who tried to open up his tattoo parlor. When you can put a father of three in jail for opening his business because nobody will give me a loan, and let alone help me, you know? My own bank, nobody, nobody's helping us. Yeah, they put him in handcuffs. We didn't show it to you there. They put that guy in handcuffs on video and hauled him out of his tattoo shop for opening up his business in the United States of America. So again, let me remind you, freedom doesn't mean hot dogs and apple pie. Freedom, if it makes the tyrants to your left and right uncomfortable, then it's not freedom. And that's really what we have. And that's the problem I see, frankly, again, with people on the right. We try to make liberty, conservatism, whatever you want to call it, we try to make it palatable to the left. Why? If you're on the right, if you believe in liberty, if you believe in freedom, the left is your enemy. You don't have to treat, treat, or treat each and every individual as your enemy, but the left and what they want, they're the enemy of everything you believe. Your job is not to make your liberty really, really nice sounding so they come along. Your job is to defeat them. And we just lay down, man. We just lay down. Unacceptable. And you know what? Good for that guy. Good for that guy. All right. Ad season is here. Presidential ad season. And people are upset. Hang on. Well, we have an election coming in November, maybe you've heard, <laughs> and it is fixing to be a crazy one. We have an insane candidate who has completely lost his mind on the Democrat side. We have a Republican president trying to get reelected, and he has some deeply unpopular policies right now with people he needs, with his base. Some of his policies with them when it comes to these lockdowns are popular, some are not, but here's something that is undeniably true. He did, up until a couple months ago, preside over one of the jobs, one of the best jobs creating presidencies ever. Let's just be frank. You can hate the guy all you want. The economic boom has been undeniable. And when he takes back over, if he takes back over in November, we need that again. Running on the Democrat ticket is somebody whose brain is gone. Are we allowed to say that? His brain's not there anymore? Because it sure seems like it's not there anymore. And Trump, smartly, I think, his campaign team has always been dynamite. They've been dynamite. Trump is smartly saying, hey, you want America, America to come back? Who better than me? I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. My administration will take all necessary steps to safeguard our citizens from this threat. Hysterical xenophobia. giving Americans a false sense. Is it accurate that if these uh, steps had not been put in place, it could have been two million people dead here in the United States? Yes. No matter how hard they try to stop us, they can't. We built the greatest economy the world has ever seen, and we're going to do it again. Together, we're beating back the invisible enemy. What the federal government did was a phenomenal accomplishment. Through it all, the world has witnessed the unyielding resolve of our incredible American people. Promise made, 
promise kept. And I'm fighting for you, and I love doing it with everything that I have. And you know that. With the grace of God, we will win this war, and we will win this war quickly. And we will make America great again. Good ad. We'll see. You know my disagreements with the president. The truth of the matter is this. Unless something significant changes, I am voting enthusiastically. That's a difficult word sometimes, especially on Taco Tuesday. It was a margarita lunch. I'm kidding. But I'm going to vote for him enthusiastically in November. I'm going to encourage my friends and family to do the same because he did it once. He did do it once. We need him to do it again. We are hurting here, and we can't have Joe Biden. Now... Before I play this next ad, I need to put a disclaimer up. You know I'm not big on disclaimers. Just say what you got to say, but I will say this. I'm okay with politicians, past and present, talking about things like unity. But there's a big but to that. Unity has to actually mean something. What are you talking about? I hate when people say, well, we need to come together. What does that mean? Come together on what? We, we, We need to come together. Well, we just need to, look, we need to work together. That's not, that's not a solution. Okay, that's, that's a bumper sticker. Don't talk to me in bumper stickers. And if you do talk to me in bumper stickers, and I ask you for solutions, give me one. So when I saw former President Bush say this, uh, okay. Let us remember how small our differences are in the face of this shared threat. In the final analysis, We are not partisan combatants. We are human beings, equally vulnerable and equally wonderful in the sight of God. We rise or fall together, and we are determined to rise. That's fine. I like that equal in the sight of God thing, too. That's fine. That's wonderful. What does that mean? mean, With the exception of the equal in the sight of God thing, what does any of that mean? We're not partisan combatants. There aren't, there aren't a lot of things that divide us. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. Let's be frank about what we're seeing right now. Yes, as you know, I don't need to belabor the point today. Donald Trump paved the road for these lockdowns. He did. The leftists have piled on this thing, and now they're not, they're not letting go. You see all these Democrat governors keeping their states in a vice grip on lockdown? purposely destroying their own economy to get at the president they're not letting they're not letting this go we're not coming together we're not uniting what does that mean unite for what what should we unite for i i, I want to know should we unite for funding the kennedy center with a coronavirus bailout package should we unite for congressional raises I mean, look, those are the Democrat proposals. Don't yell at me. What should we unite for? Should we unite for federal dollars to bail out the bankrupt state pension of Illinois because they've been managing their finances poorly for years? I mean, are we uniting there? And should we do that halfway? I hate that. I get it's an ad. I get that it feels good. It makes people feel good. I'm getting misty over here. But what does it mean? Tell me what that means. Trump responds. Pete Hegseth, oh, by the way, I appreciate the message from former President Bush. 
But where was he during impeachment calling for putting partisanship aside? Fox, Fox and friends. He was nowhere to be found in speaking up against the greatest hoax in American history. Sorry, that first quote was apparently Pete Hegseth, but I don't do reading comprehension, so I didn't realize exactly what that was. The second was a response from the president. And you can say that's a cheap shot during this time. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Kind of true, right? Oh, well, let's just come together. Oh, what's that? Oh, we're... We're, we're doing the most unjust impeachment in American history? It's fine. Whatever. I'm heading out to the ranch. Where were you when times were tough, man? I don't know. Well, there's something out there called the Lincoln Project. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm going to try to say this with a straight face. There's something out there called the Lincoln Project. It's very serious. And what it is, is there's this gigantic group of losers. They call themselves Never Trump. And they've decided long ago that they weren't ever going to vote for Trump. And we're Republicans and we're not voting for Trump. And since Trump has actually been really great for a lot of the conservative causes up until about two months ago, that made them all look really dumb. They kept just opposing things they'd always claimed they stood for. And now they started this group called the Lincoln Project. They're, they're Republicans against Trump. And, well, I mean, here's what it is. There's mourning in America. Today, more than 60,000 Americans have died from a deadly virus Donald Trump ignored. With the economy in shambles, more than 26 million Americans are out of work. The worst economy in decades. Trump bailed out Wall Street, but not Main Street. This afternoon, millions of Americans will apply for unemployment. And with their savings run out, many are giving up hope. Millions worry that a loved one won't survive COVID-19. There's mourning in America. And under the leadership of Donald Trump, our country is weaker and sicker and poorer. And now, Americans are asking, if we have another four years like this, will there even be an America? Paid for by The Lincoln Project, which is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Not exactly exactly an uplifter. Uh, Trump, as you can imagine, did not take too kindly to these people. So bear with me. Trump went off, and I'm going to go ahead and read all of it for you. Why? Well, because I want you to be informed. That's part of it. And two, I like the sound of my own voice. Quote, a group of rhino Republicans who failed badly 12 years ago, then again eight years ago, and then got badly beaten by me, a political first-timer four years ago, <laughs> have copied, no imagination, the concept of an ad from Ronald Reagan Morning in America, doing everything possible to get even for all their many failures. You see, these loser types don't care about 252 new federal judges, two great Supreme Court justices, a rebuilt military, a protected Second Amendment, biggest ever tax and regulation cuts, and much more. I didn't use any of them because they don't know how to win, and their so-called Lincoln Project is a disgrace to Honest Abe. I don't know what Kellyanne did to, to her deranged loser of a husband, <laughs> Moonface, but it must have been really bad. <laughs> John Weaver lost big for Kasich to me. Crazed Wick, Rick Wilson lost for Evan McMuffin McMullen to me. <laughs> Sorry. 
Steve Schmidt and Reed Galvin lost for John McCain. Romney's campaign manager, question mark. <laughs> That's so random, the question mark. Question mark. Lost big to O. And Jennifer Warren got thrown out of the New Hampshire Republican Party. They're all losers. But Abe Lincoln, Republican, is all smiles. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. All right. It's serious. It's a serious news show. All right. Uh, Joe Biden, he responded to the... If It seems like a weird transition to jump from everything I just did to Joe Biden. That's because you need to understand something. A lot of people consider themselves to be professionals, you know. They, they show up at work and they have a certain standard, a way they want to do things. I don't do any of that. I have no standards whatsoever. I have no professionalism. And I've been doing TV for about 30 seconds. I know you're going to say, Jesse, that's amazing. You're so good at it. That's true. But Joe Biden has some nasty accusations coming his way. I'm not going to transition to it. I just could not end this segment without showing you his response to it. Why limit this only to Tara Reid? Why not release any complaints that it may had been made against you during your Senate career? I'm prepared to do that. There, the best of my knowledge, there's been no complaints made against me in terms of my Senate career, in terms of my office, and anything that's been run. Look, this is an open book. There's nothing for me to hide. Nothing at all. Approve a search of her name. Yes, and reveal uh, anything not... that might be related to Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't, they're, they're not there. And if they, had, if it's, I, 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 you know, I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. The point there I'm trying no to make is that you by are, definition. I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. <laughs> well, that went well. All right. Coming up next, we have Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb. Hang on, we'll get to that. But first, I know, I know what you're going through right now, and that is sleeplessness. Because look, it's common, and poll after poll after poll shows it's getting more common as the pandemic grows, as the economic disaster gets bad. And so what do you do? You do that stupid thing we've all done at one point in time. Either you reach for a bottle of whiskey, or you reach for a bottle of pills. Um, Real solutions, as fun as they can be sometimes, they're, they're not found in the bottom of a whiskey bottle. Real solutions involve finding a way to calm those thoughts. And you know where those thoughts take place? Right there in the forehead area. That's why you need Sleep. It is a wearable device that provides precise, continuous cooling right to that area so your thoughts will calm down. It puts you to sleep faster and keeps you to sleep keeps you asleep longer. Go to tryeb.com. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Tryeb.com slash jesse and use the code jesse. You actually get 25 bucks off. Stop those thoughts racing through your mind. Start relaxing with Eb Sleep. Well, this one I've been looking forward to all week long. This is Sheriff Mark Lamb, Pinal County Sheriff out of Arizona, my former home state. He's also a commentator on Live PD Wanted, and his jail was featured on season five of 60 Days In, both on A&E. Now, Sheriff, before we get going, 
explain to me really quickly is it required in arizona to wear the cowboy hat if you're a sheriff it's not required but most of us do <laughs> there's, there's no shame in that look here in texas we do the exact same thing around here and i love it if you see a sheriff without one you're automatically suspect of the guy exactly, now right I have, we try to tell the other sheriffs here in arizona that don't wear them Hey, look, you're a little <laughs> suspect of you because you don't wear a hat. <laughs> They're making a huge mistake. All right. I have been pretty vocal in that I feel like sheriffs across the country should be more loudly protesting against what I view are absurd, unconstitutional orders. Now, by the grace of God, some sheriffs have stood up, but it has not been that many, and I'm happy to be talking to one today. Why? Well, I'm, I'm glad to be on here. I, I agree with you. I think that we've gotten in some real murky waters uh, in this country. And I, I've, there's a lot of people that have gotten really comfortable with giving up constitutional rights during this time. You know, Benjamin Franklin's quote of those who would give up essential liberties for temporary safety deserve ne neither liberty nor safety has never been more uh, true right now than it is right now. Uh, but I would love to see more sheriffs. We truly are the guardians of the Constitution, the people's rights. And uh, I think that more and more sheriffs are stepping out. Like we we stood and we, we waited for, uh, my wife said it best. She actually said this to me. She goes, look, when we went out and started this whole uh, stay-at-home quarantine, it was about not overrunning the hospitals and flattening the curve. And here in Arizona, we haven't overrun the hospitals. As a matter of fact, a lot of the hospitals are furloughing nurses, and the curve has never really gone up. It's been fairly flat. So at this point, you can't move the goalpost. We've got to get back to things. The numbers don't support the continued reaction. Sheriff, I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen it too, more videos than I ever cared to about people getting arrested for paddleboarding. They threw a pastor in jail in Florida. Today, there's an absolutely awful video from West Odessa in Texas. Some dude opened up his little dive bar and the stinking SWAT team showed up with an MRAP of all things and put everybody in handcuffs. And my argument for this is, as somebody who's always been so loudly pro-law enforcement, even if you think you're doing the right thing, you're actually hurting the safety of law enforcement officers going forward. These videos are hurting the public trust in law enforcement. And in the future, it may not be quantifiable. You're putting guys at risk. Yeah, and we've, what I've said is, why are we making criminals out of innocent people? People who are just trying to support their families, uh, do what they've been able to do for so long. And all of a sudden now that's become illegal to be able to try to support your families. Now, I have said that I would not cite or arrest or find anybody that, that is against these orders or that is not following these orders. But I will do my part and I will respond. I'll continue to educate people on what the CDC guidelines are. And, you know, you hope that people will be responsible. Truly, that's what an, being an American is, is being personally responsible. Freedom comes with responsibility. We need everybody in America to be responsible, but we also don't want to lose those freedoms in the process of going through this. So I, I hate to see things, and I don't armchair quarterback. I don't know all the details behind any of those instances, but what I can say is that it's, it is clear that there's been some, some very uh, concerning constitutional violations across this country, and we need to start reeling that back in. 
What kind of pushback have you gotten? Not from not from people necessarily. I'm sure there's a million angry moms on Facebook screaming at you. Have you gotten any political pushback from governors, senators, congressmen, state senators, anybody like that? I've actually gotten the opposite. I've gotten the majority of the calls I've gotten from even That's the legislators, awesome. from the congressmen here in Arizona, uh, very supportive. Uh, they, they understand how important freedom and the Constitution are and what the role the sheriff plays. There's legislators, and this is what we're looking at too, is the legal recourses that we have to uh, address a bill. that Now there's legislation that gives the governor the authority here in Arizona, and this is not about our current governor. This is about whatever governor is in, in, in the office. There's legislation that allows them to declare a state of emergency, and there's no time frame on that. You know, other states have a time frame, maybe 60 days, 30 days, 90 days, and then it would have to go in front of the legislature for a vote to continue that. And here, where you don't have that in Arizona, we, we think that's unconstitutional. We're actually looking at our legal recourses to challenge that legislation. Uh, to It's too broad, too, too open. And uh, we need to narrow that down and keep it more constitutional. And so we are looking at that. What's Live PD wanted for those of us, for those people out there who aren't initiated like I am? Well, it's only like the greatest show on TV. Uh, it is. So it really is. In. It's addictive. <laughs> Let me tell you, everybody, before he answers, it's addictive. You're going to be stuck. Go on. You know, it, it, Live PD has been such a phenomenal show. They show it on A&E. Live PD has been so pro-law enforcement. I think that we've seen a real uh, shift in how people view law enforcement to the better. People are starting to view what we go through on a daily basis, the difficult situations we face. And I think Live PD can take a lot of credit for uh, changing the way Americans are viewing that. They've done such a great job of, of showing law enforcement in such a uh, true but positive light. And Live PD Wanted is another spinoff of that where we actually are going out and looking for fugitives, people who are, are either wanted for, we're actually arresting people who are wanted on active warrants or we are highlighting cases where there's law enforcement that needs your help to find people, bring them to justice. And we also highlight missing person cases as well. So it's, uh, it's an hour long show where we do all three of those things. And uh, it gives Americans a chance to get inside what it is to be a, a fugitive hunter. Sheriff, hope you run for higher office one day once you're done cleaning up Pinal County. Appreciate okay. you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you. It's Taco Tuesday, plus it's Cinco de Mayo. We've got a pickle on our hands, and I'm about to solve it for you. Hang on. Joining me now, BearingArms.com's very own Cam Edwards. Cam, explain to me how we got so mired in China. Before we get to everything they've done now, honestly, you are clearly a lot, a lot older than I am. I don't understand how we ended up stuck in China the way we are. All right, Jesse, let me go way back here to when I was uh, just knee high to a grasshopper. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. We have gotten in bed with China because China was cheap, right? And this was a, a way for us to get cheap goods and services. Uh, and at the same time, we ended up exporting a lot of our jobs. There was a, a fantastic book written a couple of years ago. I think everybody in America should read this. It's called Factory Man. It's by a Virginia journalist named Beth Macy. And she took a look at what China had actually done to our furniture industry. 
there are, you know, company towns in southwestern Virginia, northeastern North Carolina that were known worldwide for the furniture that they created. And then in the 1970s and 1980s, you started seeing these cheap furniture knockoffs coming out of China. And the U.S. industry was a little concerned, but but it was okay because China couldn't make the really expensive stuff. They couldn't make the uh, the high-end products. Uh, and Beth Macy chronicles the the story of a guy named John Bassett. The Bassett Furniture family uh, was a huge family that was in the furniture industry. John Bassett was sort of the black sheep of the family. He had left the the main business and started his own furniture company. And he saw in a catalog a bedroom set being made and sold from China that was cheaper than what it cost for him to simply build it. And so he tried to figure out what's going on here. He sent his son over to China to investigate, and he found a factory deep in the heart of China where you had folks who were basically working slave labor hours for slave labor wages, and the business itself was subsidized by the Chinese government with the design of putting American businesses out of business. Right. And China has done this not just in the furniture industry, but they've done this in so many industries, so many manufacturing industries across the United States. And look, we love our cheap goods. Right. We, we love to, to stroll into Walmart and get stuff for pennies on the dollar. But we're now paying the price for giving up our, not only our jobs, our industry, but our independence and offshoring it to China. Cam, what I don't understand, though, is what what possible solution to this can can there be? We don't want American workers working for slave labor. Everybody knows a business, whether it be Chinese or American, has a profit loss, and labor is a big old black mark on it every single time. So we don't want Americans working for those wages. At the same time, we can't take away all the cheap goods. You can't take away everything made in Walmart because poor people need Walmart to sustain them. So what, what, what's the solution when you're that ingrained and you need something cheap? Well, I think you've got a couple of things that you can do. A, you can start working with allies as opposed to enemies, right? So there's a lot of talk about, well, maybe we should move some of our manufacturing over to India. They're at least a democracy. Uh, the world's largest democracy. They are a, a free society as opposed to an authoritarian state. So we can find those places where, again, you can manufacture things uh, uh, at less cost than what you can do here in the United States, but you don't have to deal with an authoritarian regime. But also, going back to John Bassett, what he did, he kept his jobs in the United States. And no, his furniture factories don't have as many employees as a furniture factory would have 30, 40 years ago. He's invested a lot in high-end equipment. Yes, there's some automation that's taking place, but the jobs that are still here are good jobs, they're well-paying jobs, and, and they're jobs that are sort of insulated uh, from these economic shocks that we see because it's already, you know, it's built into his business plan. So I don't think there's just one thing that we can do, uh, but I think that there are a variety of tools in our toolbox. We need to start using them but the first thing we have to do is we simply have to understand that China is not a reliable partner. China is not our friend. They are not our ally, and they don't have our best interests at heart. Well, speaking of not our friend, we have the president here talking about the World Health Organization missing everything. Yeah, that's fine until you follow down that rabbit hole and you find out that's China. I mean, China is really pulling their strings. We know this virus came from China. I can talk about our idiotic response all day long, but the truth is coronavirus came from China. Intentionally or otherwise, I'm not saying it was intentional, but it came from China. What's our solution? Do we get, do we get made whole by China by force or otherwise? What do we do? 
You know, that is the billion dollar question, I think. And I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, I would love to see China called onto the carpet, but it's not gonna it's not gonna come just for the United States. You know, China inflicted this misery on the world. And the response really needs to come from the rest of the world. So we do need to seek out our allies in Europe and Asia and Africa. Uh, and we need to put the screws to China. There, there, there absolutely needs to be consequences. But of course, China, as you say, you know, they're, they're, um, they're, they're feeling a little up against the wall right now. Are they going to lash out? We've had disputes with them over the South China Sea, uh, other uh, you know, geopolitical problems. And those may be exacerbated in the short term if we try uh, to ensure that there are consequences for China's cover-up of the virus release. As you say, if nothing else, we at least know that the Chinese regime covered up their mistakes and made the uh, the, the coronavirus, uh, you know, a, a, a pandemic as opposed to a local problem there in the Wuhan province. Well, I don't want to back you in a corner here, Cam, but going forward, I don't care about what you've done in the past. Going forward, are you still going to eat Chinese food? Oh, I will eat Chinese food, but I will tell you this. My wife and I we're actually looking for a new TV this week. And we specifically started looking. We said, we don't want to buy one that was made in China. We don't want to, to, to support that. So, you know, even in my house, I mean, we're taking steps to do what we can to wean ourselves off of the cheap Chinese good. But look, in the, in the rural county where I live, there is one Chinese restaurant. Its name is called China. Uh, and I'm going to continue to support that family because these are good folks. Uh, you know, their kid goes to school with my kids. Uh, and I do. I want to do what I can to help out my neighbors. But, you know, the communists, am I going to do what I can to help them out? Absolutely not. What about Hollywood? And I, look, beyond Hollywood, forget that. Hollywood, the NBA, it, it, Cam, it matters. It matters a lot to me. But I don't know that there's a solution to that problem either. We have, this is not, you know, tinfoil on your head stuff. We have China forcing Hollywood to rewrite scripts redo scenes in order to make them more china friendly right here in the united states of america that's happening the days of red dawn where we could show the dirty russians parachuting in to get us those days are long gone how do we do anything about that or do we you know again that's really difficult because under capitalism right we believe in free markets and and china is a bigger market than the united states is simply because of their population so what do we do, right? Do we start to say, all right, well, we, we are capitalists, but we're also nationalists. We are patriots. We, uh, we put America first. Uh, or do we, again, do we keep just chasing after that dollar, uh, even if it means that, you know, Hollywood is being funded, the NBA is being funded uh, by, in part by, you know, a communist regime that, that will exert its power and influence? I think these are really difficult choices for a lot of these companies to make. I personally would love to see Hollywood turn their back on China. I would love to see the NBA say, yeah, you know what, we, we, we had our little experiment here. We know that LeBron James loves uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the Chinese government, but we're going to go off in a different direction. I just don't know that it's going to happen, particularly given the economic problems that the coronavirus has wrought here in the United States. Companies are going to be looking to make their money anywhere they can, and China, I fear, is going to continue to be a pretty attractive offer for them. Cam Edwards, BearingArms.com. Thank you, my friend. Always good talking with you, Jesse. Thanks, sir. It's Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Hang on. Well, allow me to drop some knowledge on you. 
Today is Cinco de Mayo, and that actually stands for May 5th. I bet you didn't know that. It's an important holiday in Mexico. I actually don't know if it's an important holiday in Mexico. I just made that up because I'm an American. I make up other traditions for people all the time. But it's also Taco Tuesday. So here we are. We're facing Cinco de Mayo. We're facing Taco Tuesday. And what are most of you facing? You're facing closed restaurants, man. You should be out eating enchiladas, having a margarita with the wife tonight. But you can't do that. However, all hope is not lost. Allow Jesse to drop something on you right now. One, I know this is going to blow you away. One, head to the store, get yourself a good, a good Mexican beer like Corona or something like that. Get yourself some limes. Go home, get it on ice. Now it's food time. And I know what you're thinking, Jesse, please guide me. You don't have to stress out about your local Mexican joint. We have a place here in Texas, and from what I understand, they're expanding everywhere. It's practically the only Mexican place I eat at. You want to see what it is? Here it is. That's right. Taco Bell. If you have one in your area, and that's a big if, here's what you order at Taco Bell. You get a cheesy gordita crunch, maybe two, depending on how hungry you are. Make sure you say no lettuce because it's a freaking taco, not a salad. Get some extra spicy ranch on there. Get their Diablo sauce. Get a couple orders of nachos. They also have those little cinnamon balls or bites. I don't know what they call them, but they're these delicious little cinnamon donut things, and they're stuffed full of cream, and it's the best thing you've ever had in your entire life. Enjoy your Corona. Enjoy your Taco Bell. If you're lucky enough to have one in your state, I'll see you tomorrow. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. 
I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.